Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Jones. Bowden. He's got it. England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins. Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Well, hello and welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. And my only line today, Simon, is who needs one day cricket when you've got test cricket like this? The riveting three test series against New Zealand and now... A really fascinating first day at Edgbaston in the, well, I suppose, restarted series or could call it the conclusion of the test series which started last summer. Anyway, it's the fifth test or it's the one and only test between England and India. doesn't really matter what you call it. It's India against England. And I was going to say, is it honours even? But no, if if you think that Ben Stokes won the toss and put India in and they finished up 338 for seven, I think you've got to hand the day to India, don't you? Yeah, well, I think England, India have got the runs in the bank, haven't they? 338. Mind you, New Zealand made 329 at Headingley and England wiped the floor with them. So I think we might need to, to reshape our thinking about winning the toss and putting the opposition in. I think it's a way of uh, trying to get better batting conditions in the second innings. I think the feeling is the pitch just flattens out and there was something there this morning. It did, it did nip a bit. It was overcast some of the day the lights were on so, you know it may be that you you say actually bowler side out for 350 360 that's not a bad effort I mean, I mean I think you want to go less than that of course you possibly can I mean in the old days you you, you put a side in and they got 338 you go oh no woe is me because New Zealand made 563 at 553 at Trent Bridge and, the, and England won that game as well so you know it's uh, perhaps we just need to alter our thinking I think Eng- England have and, and they like to chase, but we'll see how this game pans out. And the other thing, you know, we've got to note, I think, is that India have got a better bowling attack than New Zealand, certainly on paper anyway. And they are more rounded attack and more options. They've got five bowling options, five solid bowling options, five class bowling options. Whereas New Zealand and that last test match, I thought only had three and a half. So, you know, that you've got to sort of temper it with that. But another, another thrilling day's test cricket.
Yeah, and in a way, the the run rates are one of the reasons why these higher scores should not put the the, the team batting second off because if you score 338 in a day and a half uh, at 2.5 and over, then you know one assumes the team batting second are going to take the same amount of time to to make this an equal score. So you you've already used up three days cricket, but in this case, with India going at 4.6 and over, and England liable to at least match that, if not exceed it, you can almost get two innings done in the best part of two days, or just over two days. So you've got lots of cricket left uh, in the bank with, with this sort of run rate and this, and this sort of tempo. And I think the idea of, uh, just to go back to your original point, the idea of putting a team in and thinking that it's a, a better time to bat on the second and third day, it's a bit of a legacy of the stats that Nathan Lehman, the, the England team analyst, came up with really pretty much 10 years ago. I remember him sending me a, a diagram of the uh, the plot, the plan of a, a test match at Brisbane, you know, sort of like 2011 sort of time. And, you know, the plan was you, you put them in, you, the, the second and third days, you're liable to, to overtake whatever score the team batting first gets because the uh, the calculations he'd done from thousands of simulations suggested that the best two days to bat was second and third in, in a test match. But pff, maybe the first day is not as bad day to bat now that teams are racking up these sort of scores. I, I mean, England actually did make inroads, didn't they? And they, they had India... 90-odd for five, 98 for five. All the players got a start, but none of them were able to carry on. But then it was transformed, as we've seen consistently in the test matches against New Zealand, and actually, interestingly, also in the test match between the women, England and South Africa, transformed by the sort of sixth and seven-wicket pairs. Yeah, I mean, it was Mitchell and Blundell, this test match so far, Pant... And Jadeja, I mean, brilliant from uh, Pant and supported ably by Jadeja, who's a high-class player to have coming in at number seven. He's taking 240 test wickets. He averages 35. I mean, that is a pretty good cricketer. And and Rishabh Pant, he's the youngest wicketkeeper to 2,000 runs. First one to do it before the age of 25. 89 uh, ball, 100. I mean, it, it was it was devastating. But it, what, what it wasn't, I think, I think today, it wasn't outrageous Pant. It was there was a control about pantings. Okay, there were there were the, the occasional outrageous shots. He tried a reverse sweep that didn't, didn't quite come off. He tried a huge hack against uh, Jimmy Anderson, which he missed, and he actually hit one down the ground where he ended up on his back, and that was a, you know an incredible shot. But for the most part, it was controlled hitting, and I mean, he's such a thrilling player to watch. You know, you'll take it on, and uh, you know while he's there. It, 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 a, it's beguiling to watch, and B, as a, a bowling side, you, you must be thinking, oh, goodness me, you know, what, what's happening here? He's just taking this game away from us. And in the end, he just got a bit carried away against Joe Root. He was looking for his 150. I thought it was quite a good captaincy from uh, Ben Stokes as well. He kept the field up. He kept the mid-on and mid-off up after Root had been smacked back over his head. And Pant went for another big one, almost swept himself off his feet, and he, he nicked it to Crawley at slip. So, you know, some credit there to, to Ben Stokes. And he was talking that last testament, and Jack Leach as well about keeping the field up and there was a time today when Leach uh, did have a long on but they tried to keep the field up they tried to be uh, attacking their field placings and I suppose you could argue with the, the pant dismissal it worked absolutely I, I, I think brilliant captaincy actually and great from Joe Root to to back that and and, and support it and believe in it and and in the end uh, get a result out of it as well 
I mean, Rishabh Pant averages 47 in first-class cricket and Jadeja averages 46 in first-class cricket. So these two guys are seriously good batsmen. Um, Pant, he hit one, that one off uh, Leach, which went over long on for six, he hit with one hand and it ended about 20 rows back. Uh, I mean, he's an incredible talent. Then he he tried the, the reverse scoop off Anderson, didn't he, and got a, a two of it. And then he went for a big slog. But as you say, in the main, he is quite methodical, actually. And I think the most noticeable thing about his batting is the time he seems to have. You know, he's not the, the most balletic, smooth mover around the place. He's quite heavy-footed in a way. But he gets into position perfectly. And the bat it seems to have lots of time. Actually, especially when the bowling is just a fraction short of a length. Let's say Anderson angling the ball in just slightly short of a length. And a lot of batsmen, even quite good players, would be tucked up by it or you know, inside edging it into their thigh or something like that. And Pant can skip onto the back foot and just get his back uh, leg you know, towards the stumps and his front leg out of the way completely enabling him to to work it away on the leg side into a gap with a kind of wristy little flick. And the the defence is pretty secure. He played miss like anybody, but his his forward defence, he plays it quite soft hands. He gets beautifully over the ball. He plays it with a straight bat. There's something really quite classical about some of his shots. And then obviously there's some outrageous stuff as well. Yeah, and he's got five test hundreds uh, before the age of 25. What you wonder is, you know, if he does just settle down and just, you know, trust his all, that sort of natural ability he's got and, you know, back himself and not be too outraged. Because we have, I think we have seen times when he just got a bit carried away and he gets himself out. He almost doesn't need to do that. There's a, there's a sort of enough quality there and he can score quickly enough uh, for him to be a, a real threat. You remember when, when MS Doney started, he would, you know, he really go for it full throttle outrageous strokes and it then he sort of settled down and you know became a you know a, a proper player and I, I i wonder whether pant will do the same I, you know i thought it was quite a controlled although it was aggressive i mean that's the ridiculous thing it was the the second fastest uh hundred for an indian player in england you know it, it, dramatic hitting you know quicker than Bairstow's hundred at at headingley but it, there, you know, there, there was. It, it didn't feel as if he was sort of slogging and hacking and smashing. It, it just there, there was some really controlled aggression. If he continues to play like that, and perhaps he even just reins himself in a little bit. I mean, there might be some double hundreds around the corner as well. I mean, you felt he could have had one in this innings, uh, but the, you know, but for the fact he did get a bit carried away. Uh, against Joe Root, uh, yeah, it's wonderful. We've been really have been treated to sort of a feast of batting this summer. You know, you think of Root and you think of, of Bairstow, um, Mitchell, and Pope that hundred who you made at Trent Bridge, and 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 now Rishabh Pant. It was it's been a a magnificent uh, summer for for batting, and mm. uh, we we still got plenty to come. Yeah, I, I was actually with Daryl Mitchell yesterday uh, doing a. A masterclass, which he was conducting, obviously, uh, on uh, pulling and reverse sweeping, in fact, is what we did. But uh, it was interesting talking to him, in fact, about the impact that uh, Brendan McCullum has had on England and the the sort of surge of interest. And I I wondered whether to, uh, you know, I asked Daryl whether how the New Zealanders had reacted to, A, the pummeling, uh, and B, the fact that the pummeling was slight was partly initiated by McCullum, as in you know giving England license to play and uh, and sort of in, in in preaching this sort of liberation type of approach. 
And he actually, he, he made a very, uh, you know, egalitarian comment, um, Daryl Mitchell. He said, we all realise, although it's a bit weird having Baz in the opposition camp and inspiring them to, to great deeds, we actually all believe as a, a Kiwi group and a nation that it's good to have a strong England team in Test cricket. It's, it's important for the world game. So we saw the bigger picture. And you can see what they mean, actually, because it's sort of, it's slightly humiliating, isn't it, when the country that essentially invented cricket seemed to be one of the worst teams at it. So I think it is quite reassuring, in a way, that, that England have, have been able to, to, to regain their mojo a little bit over the last few games. And uh, the, the Indians, too, uh, now, uh, all, all of them, in a way, aren't they? They're all benefiting from... You know the the exposure of the game, the T Twenty format, which has allowed everybody to express themselves more and have a, a kind of fearless approach. The batsmen have definitely benefited. I suppose it's now the bowlers' turn, and this summer, the bowlers haven't really had the the the, the, the assistance from the Duke's ball and the conditions that they've had or enjoyed over the last few years. It's funny how difficult it is to get the balance right. Some years in the past. Four or five, we've had ball totally dominating bat, and now the bowlers almost look a bit helpless when when the ball gets a bit soft. Well, it's funny actually. You know, I was I was talking to Tuffers actually. He was talking, about, how are England going to get a wicket here uh, when that Pant Jadeja partnership was flourishing? You know, it was two, over two hundred. Where, where's the wicket coming from? You just couldn't see it actually. What it did need in the end, um, you know, was a, was a, an outrageous shot from Pant. You know, trying to whack root back over his head as I, I mentioned with, you know, with Stokes keeping the field up, and that that was the the spark that England needed. And then and, and Ben Stokes actually managed to sort of bounce out Shardul Taka taking the gloves. A good ball that actually because. Um, Stokes looked tired. It was towards the end of the day's play and a useful wicket as well because Taka last time he made two half centuries at the Oval which helped India uh, win this uh, test match. I and mean, the balls, I mean, have been a big talking point all summer and it, it has been a feature, hasn't it, of, of this summer that you, you're right, you know, four or five early wickets which England got today uh, with the newish ball and you think, well, this is, you know, this, this sort of backs the decision to, to put India in and then it sort of goes soft, whatever. I mean, do you think it is, is, is the fact that the balls are just going soft and it just does become much easier to bat or is it just sort of one of those things? That actually, these days, you know, the, the teams really bat quite deep and, you know, you look at the quality. I mean, Pant and Jadeja are quality players, aren't they, uh, for India coming in at, at five and seven uh, in the same way that, you know, Bairstow is a, is a quality player. I mean, Jamie Overton coming at eight is a bit of a sort of left field, isn't it, really? It's a bit of an outlier, I suppose, to come in at eight and score 97 in your in your first test match what, what, what do you think what do you think is it the ball I think the balls are inferior this year and uh, that's been reflected nationwide they certainly don't seem to retain their hardness they don't swing as late or as much as they did over the last few years the seam doesn't seem to be as proud therefore the movement isn't as extravagant it did do a little bit today uh, in fact you know the balls to people like the Hari, which Nick back and had him LBW, were mm. were pretty damn good deliveries, but it didn't seem to last very long. And I, I think it's just you know luck of the draw. Some years, the, the leather, the quality of the leather, maybe the quality of the stitching quite as good. It, it's fine margins, but I, you know, I, I think back to you know towards the end of Alistair Cook's Test career, and thinking of you know people like Vernon Philander opening the bowl, and they couldn't lay a bat on it, could they? It was zipping and zapping all over the place. So it's definitely the balls are not as difficult to play. I don't think the pitches are quite as 
probably as lush as they have been in, in some years as well. We've had a fairly dry spell and maybe the, the blades on the mowers have just been lowered a touch so that the, the, the balls aren't zipping quite as much off the seam as they were. And, and the, the quality of batting, you know, everybody's training hard with, with, with the bat right down to number 11. And you know, there are endless... I mean, I, you know, I was at this um, training camp yesterday, an academy camp yesterday, which is where Daryl Mitchell was, looking at some under-14, under-15 players. And there's, there's so much talent in, in the batting ranks. I mean, thank God I'm not a bowler anymore because these guys are just... They're 14-year-olds and they're strong. And they're, they're, you know, they're coming down the wicket to the faster bowlers and learning to get clear their front leg and whack a good length ball over mid wicket or work it for a, a couple of runs or, uh, you know, back away and, and slice it backward a point. And the, the amount of repetition they're doing is enabling them to be consistent. It's not yeah. a risk that, that a lot of the shots that they're playing now because they practice it so much. Uh, you know, there, as we've seen, we, we, we did a clinic yesterday, a reverse sweeping, and all the kids, all the 14 and 15-year-olds, were all, even the 11-year-olds were playing a really good reverse sweep. And without risk, keeping it down, you know, hitting it into gaps. I mean, it, you know, the, the repertoires of young players now are growing all the time and, and making a, a bowler's job harder and harder. It's Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And yet, you say making a bowler's job harder and harder. There's Jimmy Anderson, who's going to be 40 at the end of this month, on the 30th of July. He bowled more overs than anyone else today. 19 overs, four maidens, three for 52. And while, you know, Matthew Potts, who had a very promising start to his career, got Coley out today, went at five and over. Jack Leach went at 7.89. Joe Root went at sevens. You know, Ben Stokes, three and a half and over. Broad, three and a half and over. There's Jimmy Anderson going at, at 2.74. I mean, it it is remarkable. We've sort of become so used to it now. But he, he's he's still going, and he, he got out Gill, and he got out Pajara. The ball he got out Pajara was, was a really good ball that just left him bounced a bit, took the thickish outside top of the bat, and Crawley took the catch at, at slip, and then he gets Shreyas Iyer, a bit of a, a bit of a fortunate one. Although there was a plan there, wasn't it? Because they had a leg slip in, caught by an excellent catch by Billings down the leg side. Anything more to say about Jimmy Anderson, or, or have we said it all? Well, well, you, where's we it going to end? It. Where's it going to well, end? Yeah, where is it going to end? God knows. But uh, I think what. The only thing I could add to the, all the kind of superlatives that we've uh, uh, given to him before is that he still seems to be learning. And I, I, if you watched him today, 
initially he, he tried to get the ball to swing and pitch it up and he got driven a couple of times for four. He realised it wasn't any swing with the new ball, so he pulled his length back and tried the, you know, we call it the fancy name, the wobble seam. It's basically a you know, leg cutter or an off cutter, really, or a seamer. Uh, to to old you know people in old money, but uh, he he learned that it wasn't going to swing, and so therefore just pulled his length back a fraction so that they couldn't drive him so easily, and he found some movement off the pitch instead, and he, I think the other other nice thing I I think about him is you know Pant treated him a little bit impertinently a couple of times didn't he with that mm. attempted scoop and a big slog mm. which he nearly uh, nearly got bowled with the ball went over the top of the stumps Anderson doesn't react he just goes back and does his thing again you can't kind of, he's like a a machine almost you can't get into you get you can't get under his skin he he just comes back and does the same thing over and over again because he knows it's already got him 655 test wickets and it's probably going to get him another 45 before long and get him to 700 yeah, that's a that's a question. We were talking about this today, actually, whether he could get seven hundred Test wickets. Uh, you know, what, you know how, has he got that time left? Well, well, he doesn't look as if he's you know about to retire. You never know what's in his mind. Of course, uh, this Test match, three Tests against South Africa, Pakistan, two Tests, uh, th- um, in three Tests. Sorry, yeah, that might in the, be a step in, in the too winter. far, mind it. I mean, you know, yeah, I, I don't know if I would fancy going to Pakistan if I was him, actually. Yeah, it might, that might be very hard work on those on those pitches, and yeah. then a couple of Test matches against New, New Zealand, and then the Ashes next summer. Has he got time to get to seven hundred? It'd be an amazing achievement if he were able to do so. But I mean, he, even if he doesn't get another wicket, he's had the most unbelievable career, and the fact he's still going, you know, close to his fortieth birthday at this high level as well, is is absolutely astonishing. Uh, we, we talked about. Pan today, and we praised him. We praised uh, Jadeja as well. We saw uh, just at the start of the day's play. We saw uh, Shub McGill, who I think is a, he's a delightful player. He's a player of of lovely strokes, lovely time of the ball, and then he just plays it one a bit wide from Anderson and, and nicks it to Crawley at slip. It felt like a, a sort of real sort of sense of deflation actually because he was batting in such a nice way. He's a he's a player to keep an eye on, but he's not quite. Uh, come up with the goods so far. Whenever you see him in the IPL, you know he he, he just times the ball so nicely. He's not a sort of hacker and a slogger and a hitter. He's just beautiful timing, lovely lovely batting, and he played two or three sumptuous uh, strokes today. And then for some reason, he he just played a, a widest delivery from Anderson. Mind you, a few have done that uh, over the years. What what do you make of Shubman Gill? Where's his well, career going to go? Well, I th- I think he's only twenty two. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, he's young and he's inexperienced. Uh, he's only played 34 first-class matches. He averages, by the way, first-class cricket, 54.92, 55, basically, which is a fantastic average. He averages 45 in in 50-over cricket as well. So he he's, he's an accomplished young player. I think he just needs a bit of time. And I'm sure he will invest some work in his test career he, he isn't going to be somebody who who just wants to to play the short format for the money and just in relation to that it, it was interesting the other day that i i had dinner with the young uh sort of ingenue for for the Rajasthan royals yash jaiswell you know the left-handed opener yeah, yeah yeah who they unearthed about three years ago and one of the players they retained actually uh, because they just had so much faith in him. They only retained three players, Josh Butler, Sanju Sampson and Yash Jaiswell. And a very interesting story, actually. Jaiswell was a sort of 13-year-old, very talented, 
was was coming came from you know sort of small village. Uh, the village I think paid for him to go and stay in Mumbai to learn his cricket. Uh, he he used to live in the groundsman's tent on the Madan in Mumbai, which anyone who's been to Mumbai will know where I mean. It's that beautiful spread of of cricket grounds all in one space in between those Victorian buildings down near Kalab uh, at the bottom, quite near the the Wankhede Stadium. And he he basically lived in a groundsman's tent on on the ground there for a couple of years, then went through the trials and got into the Rajasthan Royals squad two or three years ago and played in in this year's IPL tournament, also uh, was was in the final, of course, which he thought was a you know a very exciting experience for a twenty year old. But and here's the here's the interesting thing about him that all the world is at his feet playing IPL and making you know a great deal of money. All he wants to do is play for India and, and in Test cricket. And uh, to that to that end, he made three centuries in a row in the Ranji Trophy. Just yes, finished. He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I asked him. I said, "Go on. What, what would you prefer then? You know, a, an Indian Test match or, you know, the IPL final?" And he said, I, "Do you know? Actually, I loved the IPL final. It was incredibly exciting. Hundred thousand people, and you know, very very electric exp- experience and atmosphere. But still, give me an Indian Test match because there's something he said of playing for Indian under 19s, singing the national song. Uh, the goosebumps he said on my arms were." were up because of the excitement of playing for your country. And that's what I still aspire to do. So for those who think that the IPL is is the be-all and end-all for young Indian players like Yash Jaiswal or Shubman Gill, I don't think it is. I think they still really, really want to play Test cricket, led by Virat Kohli, who invested so much faith and importance in, in Tests a, a while ago. Um, of course, he can't get a run anymore. Ironically, he looks very hesitant and uncertain, but he's he's left a superb legacy. Yes, he has. Yeah, I see Jaiswal, he, he played, didn't he, in the final uh, for Mumbai against uh, Madhya Pradesh. Madhya Pradesh actually, actually won the final. Jaiswal making uh, 78 in the final. You mentioned those 300s in the in the, in the sort of knockouts that, that lead to the, the final. Yeah, he got um, 200s against Uttar Pradesh and... One against uh, Uttarakhand as well for uh, Mumbai. Well, he he's definitely one to look out for because we've we've seen his talent uh, in the IPL. Well, it's great, it's great to hear actually that that is his goal. You know, to come through and, and play for India, and he's he's got the time on his side, hasn't he? He's only uh, twenty years of age. Gil has as well at, at uh, twenty-two. So Yoz, what about this Test match then? It's it's hard to judge, isn't it? Three thirty-eight for seven after the first day's play. Really sort of topsy-turvy uh, day's play. Yeah, perhaps we do just need to sort of alter our sort of thinking from you know in the old days you say 338 for seven wow that's a lot of runs after putting the opposition in as we as we started this podcast uh, by saying but uh, I mean both Paul Collingwood I spoke to afterwards and I spoke to Rishabh Pant as well both saying you know uh, Paul Collingwood was saying you know 360 yeah we'd be happy with that and Rishabh Pant saying we need to get 400, 450 in, in our first innings. You know, we'll, we'll be happy with that. So, you know, although India have had a, a decent enough day, the game's advanced uh, quite a long way in terms of runs per over. Uh, it, it's it's still very much all to play for because of the sort of new altered way that England have of playing. But of course, it, there, there's going to be a day. I don't know when it's going to come. It might be in this test match, might be against South Africa, where England, presumably, somewhere on the line, are going to be bowled out for 140. And it could be tomorrow. Uh, I, it's Edgbaston's a fickle, quite capricious surface. 
uh, it can really help the bowlers and swing around. But the Indians will have to strike. They'll have to make sure they get about four wickets in the first 15 overs because <laughs> England England lower down are pretty dangerous, aren't they? And Billings, obviously, in his, what, third Test match. But mm. uh, is as probably as good as Ben Folkes pretty much at, at number seven. I guess the Indians can look at the, the tail after that and say, well, we've got a chance here. If we get them six down, then there's not a lot after that. Whereas in the last test, obviously, Jamie Overton added some substance. So can see England getting bowled out in, in in this test, actually. I don't think it'll be 140, though. I can see them getting bowled out for 280, maybe, and, uh, and India getting perhaps... 350-360. I can see India getting a lead here, actually, because I mm. think there is enough in this pitch if the conditions are are suitable for bowling. But it's going to happen quickly, whatever, I reckon, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, probably, yeah. Paul Colling was saying, yeah, no, that even though it's a better... It's all Indi- well, he didn't say this. It was my question. You know, is this better Indian attack than New Zealand attack? You know, you can still play the same way. Yeah, yeah, we're committed to playing that way. But I mean, there's a, it's a canny India attack. You know, there, there are a lot more bases covered. Well, we're going to find out, aren't we? I mean, it, this has been a thrilling summer so far. It'd be great if this Test match was was equally as thrilling. We've got enough uh, quality players on both sides to to make it like that. And we've had a brilliant first day with a wonderful innings. Uh, from Rishabh Pant. So let's look forward to the second day. There might be some rain around in the morning, so it might be a slightly curtailed day, but we're you know, really looking forward to what's in prospect in the next four days, and we'll be back after the second day's play to review it, and we'll speak to you then. Goodbye for now. Podcast Network.